Welcome to the Surrounded by Valor podcast. My name is Mary. The definition of valor is courage in the face of danger. I try to surround myself with people who embody valor because they help me become better and hopefully you too. My intention with this podcast is to share thoughts, stories, and conversations that will inspire, educate, and enlighten all of us. Stories of regular people like you and me who've had extraordinary experiences. As the saying goes, nobody rides for free. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and thanks so much for joining us. When I had the idea of creating this podcast, Laura is honestly the first person I thought of. I think we met it 10 years ago or so, maybe at the Muscle Man or at a triathlon camp that we had put on in Lake Placid, but we'll get into that. In my opinion, Laura embodies valor, period. As you will hear, her life has been filled with adversity, which she has embraced with courage and vulnerability. Everything she's been through has lended to this brick wall of strength that she is. What would make a lot of us hide or what would break you and I somehow has been this catalyst for Laura to live, laugh, and just love so much more. Somewhere in the midst of all that she's endured, she found multi-sport, which we'll talk about. And that helped her find community, family, and healing. Again, Laura embodies exactly what Valor is. She has courage that teaches and inspires. She faces life with such heart, such humor, and a thick dose of sarcasm. And she's truly one of the reasons that I started this podcast. I personally think stories like hers are the ones that need to be told. So please enjoy this conversation with my friend, Laura. All right. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for coming over and sharing an espresso with me. We'll be pretty jacked up after we're done with this. So Laura and I were talking about how to even begin, and we figured, like, I don't have a very clear memory of how we met. So I think it was Muscle Man 2013. I was training for my first full Ironman, Mm -hmm. and I think I did Muscle Man as my half in preparation. I remember I had a lot of friends come. And and you were living where? I forgot. I would have been in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the time. Yes. So I wanted to, it was kind of a cool idea, right, is to come home, do the race. Because you're from here. I am. I grew up here. Yeah. Yes. And had friends here. And then you were announcing the race. I don't remember how we actually met. Probably right. just some, hi, how are you? I'm, you know, I'm Laura. I'm Mary Blah, yeah. blah. And then, of course, we just, it took off. And then, do you remember camp? Yes, I remember camp you came Lake to Lake Placid yep. camp. And yeah. that's where I met Bonnie and Gabe. Right. You know, and Gabe. Bonnie's become a, just oh, a yeah. phenomenally dear friend. Yes. Your, our relationship has grown. Definitely. And then, that was, and that was fun too. And I remember, I don't remember the year of that, but I remember I had just bought my first DI tri-bike and Kurt with a K Right. Ta- kind of taught me how to ride it. That's right. I do remember that. Because we're in freaking like plastic. Right. And if you're going to need <laughs> like, to learn how to shift, that's where you need to learn how to Trying not to die. <laughs> and I wasn't really training for anything either. I think I just came, that must have been 2014. Right. I just came for fun. And um, Was that the year, did we do the swim relays that year? 
We did. And yes. Kurt had Kurt with a C. My husband yes. had um, prizes that were like. Yes. I think he had maple syrup prizes or so, something. I don't remember that, but I'm, and we had a barbecue and Kara and Paul. Yeah, yeah, they yes. came. Yep. yep. We've all stayed friends. Yep. Yeah. Isn't it amazing Kurt how? Yep. Yeah, how one weekend in Lake Placid. Yes. That was so like. It was a bunch of strangers coming so together for three days, and yeah. then we all left as lifelong friends. We did. That's what we do miss about putting on camps. I miss camp. Yeah. That was so fun. It was so much fun. I really had a good time. We did tell Mike if he were to ever organize it, we would definitely do it, but he'd have to organize it. Mike Smith? Mike Smith of the rats. <laughs> Hint. <laughs> Are you listening, Mike? <laughs> um, and then we did, you did that swim clinic... At Nazareth. Right. And it was a blizzard. I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> and I, I must have still been in Wisconsin because I came home and it was, yeah, we oh swam my in a gosh. That's amazing. In a blizzard, yes. And you yes. came back from Wisconsin during the pandemic, right? I did. I think it was March of 2019. Right. Yes. So right before. Yes. <laughs> Little did we right know. Right before. Little did we know. Right. And what brought you back? So, I, a family situation, mm-hmm. which almost immediately blew up, but I kind of needed to happen. Yeah. Um, so, you came for family, and would you say you stayed for friends? Yeah. And it's, it's really funny. I've lived in a lot of places. So, I grew up here. I lived in Southern California when I started my career, and most of my adult life in Milwaukee, a few years in Dover, Delaware, which which is where one of one of my dearest friends lives. Mm. My she's my ride or die racecation buddy. Love it. And she's the woman who's going with me to Aruba to run the half marathon on my 60th birthday. Thank you very much. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so a f- few years there, and then Eastern PA, then Western PA with the job I have now, and then I said, oh, you know, do I need to be here? Because you were really. Promote? work remote, ended up coming back here, had this epic event, implosion, right, (laughs) event, kind of cleared the decks, Nice, right, yeah, sometimes that needs to happen, and then I I started to feel very settled, Um, the triathlon community here has been, it's beyond, and it's really, I would say, when I had Mike on last week, and He's done so much for the community, and not just with the rats, but um, because for some reason I wasn't paying attention. Because as a coach, I don't like to get super involved in the club because I don't ever want to seem like I'm advertising. Yeah, you know what I mean. That conflict of interest thing. That's really important to me, and not to say that if coaches are involved in the club that they have. It's just me. That's just my personal um, code of conduct. Yes. So I've always stayed on the periphery, like I won't be in the board and stuff like that. Um, but again, that's me. If other coaches are, I think that's great. That's just me. Um, in case I haven't mentioned that, I think it's me. <laughs> so, but I, what I've noticed over the past few years is just like the, a resurgence of community. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened before, but you know, obviously, I noticed it starting with Mike's leadership in the Rats and just people just starting to race again, and Bert starting to bring these races back because, you know, score this, going through some transition. Of, as Those guys did this for 25 years. Right. They, they score the, and I'm going to have Rich on soon. They did so much for our community. Yeah. And it's and it, and it I know that as they move into retirement, 
now there's a resurgence right. of it, if that makes sense. Well, and, and just like anything else, I think there's a bit of a burnout factor, right? Totally. Um, and Bert and I just had this conversation two hours ago that things ebb and flow. And I said, well, was it COVID? And he said, no, or the, the, the downturn started pre-COVID and then COVID just exacerbated everything and everything kind of fell apart. But sometimes you just need new blood and it doesn't even have to be young blood. So I look at the rats and, and not speaking out of school, you know, Mike has been a very strong leader in rats and, and I keep telling him, dude, you don't have to do this all by yourself, right? You have good people. And I've been on rats board meetings, the phone calls, and I've listened to people and he's got some real shining stars and it's, it just warms my heart. And then yeah. I, I was just with the Wolfpack team and, you know, Bert and Jessica, you know, Team Gallman, yeah, right there with David Price, and there he's building a really strong team. Yeah, and and Bert and Mike work together. Now, it's always interesting when you have two very strong personalities, yeah. but they are they are vested enough, and this is important enough to both of them that they're, they're they you will know it's always so interesting work it out too. And I think I, I conveyed this last week when I talked to both of them. I did their episodes back mm-hmm. to back. Bert leads from behind. Mike kind of leads from the front. He's out front. So yep. I think that that's why those two work. Yes. They're like yin and yang. Yes, You exactly. know what I mean? Yep. So it's a, such a cool partnership. And then something else I noticed yesterday at Rochester, at the, the Johnny's Running of the Green, mm-hmm. Rochester Running Company, holy cats. Like, they, they brought that race. They kept all the history of it that Bill Kehoe started. They brought it forward, and they're going to grow it. And I just, I, I got to announce and... I've really, I've announced with a lot, you know, mostly with Score This, so I know how they work. I've announced with a few different companies, but like Rochester running those, or Robin Hood Racing, I should say, they were just a dream to work with. They were so great. And I just kind of stood back and thought, we really are back in a community space instead of us versus them. And it's amazing. Yeah. And walking into this after being gone for 30 odd years, I don't know all the drama that went on before I showed up, but boy, I'm glad y'all figured it out because it has been to have found these people in this place at this time in my life has been just so life altering for me. Right, right. And and I do feel that sense of community and I feel that sense of belonging. Um, And I realize something. I'm a freaking veteran of the sport. Right. Yeah. When did that happen? Yeah, right. Isn't that and, the craziest and, thing? And I got thinking about it, and I don't know the exact date, but I did my first triathlon. It was over 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Is that before or after cancer? That was after cancer. So let's was, get into the cancer. I was still working yeah. at, I was working for S.C. Johnson in Milwaukee, which was a horrible experience. But <laughs> We all have those. A, yeah, we all have those. And I believe um, shortly after all my treatment and all that nonsense. Uh, there was some women that I was friends with, and, and it might have been a women's only try. It was a sprint. Thought I was going to die. Like, literally thought I was going to die. And then because of just changes in where I was, I, 
I let it go for a long, long time. Oh, really? But so it was a one and done for a little it bit? It was a one and done for a no little kidding. bit. Yeah, because we didn't have, there, there wasn't, wasn't that the community. community. Exactly. Spot on. So the when I, I was very young, I was 35 when I had breast cancer, which at the time in 1998 not, was almost unheard of. Yes. Unfortunately, it's not a unheard of today. You hear more women of that age yeah. now, but you're but right. Back, back in 98, yeah. And that was before 5Ks, that was before pink ribbons, that was before everything, right? So what do you do? Did you feel a lump or did you... I, mean, I did. I had a lump way back towards, um, almost towards my armpit and I went in, funny, not a, not a funny haha story, but yeah. ironic. So I went in and my, my gynecologist didn't seem concerned. Go see the plastics or the surgeon. Surgeon didn't seem concerned. They took it out. It was benign. Unbeknownst to everybody, underneath it <gasps> was a two and a half centimeter malignant tumor. Did they see that? Didn't during show surgery? up on a mammogram. Didn't show up during the surgery. Didn't show up on so an ultrasound. So he took a tumor over it out and yeah. did. Holy. Yeah. So. A couple of weeks later, and you you and I are just talking about yeah, incisions scars. and scars, <laughs> and you start touching things, right? And you're yeah. like, oh, that doesn't feel too bad. And, of course, I'm doing this. And I'm like, well, there's a lump there. So I call my gynecologist, and he's like, it's got to be scar tissue. What? You know, he's making that face. Go back and see the surgeon. The minute the surgeon touched me, the whole tone of the experience oh my God. changed. And, and and like a hush fell over the room, right? Not to be overly dramatic. No, but, but yeah, I could that, feel that. It was... And he said, well, we can do a biopsy, which wasn't even <clears throat> discussed, first right. tumor. I'm like, why do we need... I said, well, you got to get rid of it, right? Little, again, totally oblivious to what was about to happen. So he did the um, <clears throat> he did the lumpectomy. I woke up, the surgeon sitting on the edge of my bed. I said, "Well, was it the same as the first one? Did it look like the first one?" I think I said, and he looked at me and he just shook his head really slowly. And I looked at him and I literally said, "I'm screwed." After <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That just having waking up to that. Yeah. It's like he was waiting. That That's a great so, person to be waiting. Yeah, I'm glad he was there. Uh, so we went, then you go through what are your options, blah, blah, blah. And um, I had one doctor, might have been that same surgeon, say to me, it's not about saving your breasts, it's about saving your life. And I'm like, well, this is like, this is some serious... Yeah, this is right? not We're just... We're not playing here, Yeah, I'm guess. not getting a tattoo. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I ended up oh. having a, a mastectomy and what they call tramplap reconstruction. Yeah. Now, the, the, the thing to know about tramplap is they take the bottom part of your abdominal muscle. And they plug it in up. Do they under tunnel your arm. it under, or is that where I they remove it? I didn't do that it? tunnel okay. thing. They, they yeah. slice me open. I was yeah. basically filleted like a trout. <laughs> And they, <laughs> I know there's some visual for you. So they plug it in up under your um, collarbone for blood flow. Okay. And then they take yeah. all whatever fat was there. Well, I'm not exactly petite, but I've never had a lot of excess, right? So there wasn't a lot yeah. to offer. 
anyway, we went through all that. It was very barbaric. The recovery was horrible. And I got really dark. Went to a really, really dark place. In terms of depression? Yeah. How could you not? Yeah. Yeah. And and I was having some personal issues and some professional issues. The company I work for, SC Johnson Wax, I will say it because I'm still not over it. They were trying to fire me because I wasn't pulling my weight. And back then, I mean, this is the late 90s, and I think what people don't, especially the younger kids, uh-huh. like nowadays, I can't believe I'm saying that. That's I know, just saying right? Old. Nowadays, right? not only do we know about breast cancer, okay. women, women's health is a bigger deal. The care of women is a bigger deal, Advocacy. including in com- companies. Yes. You know what I mean? They, but nobody I mean, could get away with that today. You literally yes, would be in... Yes. You'd, you'd be in court yes. immediately if you even thought that. Yes, right? 100%. And, and, and in the late 90s, it was incomprehensible to us that we had another option. Right. Which is mind-blowing. Right. Yeah. So not only you were dealing with the personal issue, the yeah. professional issue, and the cancer issue, uh-huh. which is the umbrella that covers all of it. Yeah. Oh. So I just was in this horrible, dark place, and I met this woman. Her name is Amber, and, and she's going to hear this, and, and I can hear her eyes rolling up in her head. <laughs> <laughs> but she was opening a gym, did a lot of personal and small group training, and I went to her open house. And I met her and we got chatting. And literally, she put her hand down and lifted me up. Now she will say, I hear you, Amber. She will say, you did the work. And she's right. I did do the work. She got me up off the ground. She put me in the right place and she gave me the tools. Sometimes you just need that. When you're, de- when you're, when you're in a dark place and you know you and I are no strangers to dark places. When you truly feel like like there's a real feeling of I'm not going to get through this. Right. Not that you're going to do something to yourself, or you might, but like, oh my God, there's yeah. no way out. So when someone right. does reach out a hand, in whatever way that looks like, and they and you grab it, like that is something you remember forever. Yeah. So Amber, you did something life changing. She, she did. Even if Laura did the rest of the work. Yeah, she did. She made a huge, and she put me with people who helped to foster those feelings of, you know, to build my confidence. And we started with 5Ks. We started with strength training. She understood the anatomical challenges, helped me work through those, 5Ks. And then at the time, in the Milwaukee area, there were, Danskin was doing a series. Oh, yeah, the, the women's series. The women's series, yeah. which benefited breast cancer. Right. Well, we had a whole group of women that would do these triathlons. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was fabulous. It was fabulous. So that went on, and then I decided, I don't know, I was being punished for something at the gym, <laughs> and I'm on the treadmill, you can imagine, and I'm on the treadmill reading a magazine as I was in timeout. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Amber, I think I want to run a marathon. And I'm, let me guess, she's like, let's do it. She's like, yeah, of course. She's like, oh, you know, okay, here's your training plan. And what then marathon? there, uh, it was Rock and Roll Arizona, which 
I hated with a blinding passion. It was a horrible, horrible. Now wait a minute. You're supposed to say this changed my life. No, it's gross. <laughs> it was it was just absolutely abysmal. I hated every minute of it. Um, but it led me to. I did Chicago twice, which was off the hook, and I've done New York twice. Yeah, oh, I didn't know. I'm yeah. heading to Chicago with three of my athletes and my sister this year. I'm not running it. I'm coaching it, but oh. yeah. I'm re- You'll have a ball even oh, yeah. coaching it. Oh, my gosh. Chicago's my city. I just, really? Yeah, I, I love, didn't know that, and you ran New York twice. I've run Get New out. York twice. So I've run New York twice under the recommendation of some apparently – triathletes with a running background who seem to think oh if you run a marathon after you do a full Ironman you're gonna have a really good marathon because you're all trained and blah blah yeah well in the same year oh yeah like months after like a month after whatever two months you probably don't even need to train Laura it doesn't yeah but (laughs) have we met I like seriously now if you told me that I needed to swim around Manhattan Island Different conversation, but so I'll never do that again. <laughs> For the love of God, I'm drinking espresso here and choking. <laughs> oh, no. it, it was horrible. But oh, anyway, man. so so that all just snowballed. See how it's and snowballing, that, yeah. and how how movement and it's it's no secret movement helps us through dark times. You know, there's a lot of studies on movement and depression, but it sounds like not only was it the movement. But it was the purpose it gave you, yeah. including the, the community. And the endorphins, the yeah. mental, you know, you yeah. keep going. And, and I do really well when I have a, a prescriptive plan. Right. right. So I've always worked with a coach. I've had numerous coaches. We talked about this before. I tend to change coaches. I do the same. Not because there's anything wrong with the coach, <laughs> but because I like to learn new uh you know, new ways of thinking, new perspective. That's the word. Yeah. I tend, I mean, the only reason I'm not working with a coach this year is because I pay out of pocket for my grief therapy, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, we only have so much, we only have so much, you know, but, um, yeah, but I've been able to hit up some of my coaching friends, but I, I I feel the exact same way. I'm not someone who would stay with the same coach for five or six years, right? just because there's different perspectives There is, and it's just, fun to learn to new, meet new people and to learn yeah. different things so and, I and i'm great. still looking for my own sweet spot yeah and, and it's funny too you mentioned that you can reach out to other coaches yeah. so i feel like once you work with a coach and even just friends of mine who have a lot of experience literally if you saw me running or biking and you saw me doing something you'd be like uh, yeah. Lord, seriously. What are you doing? <laughs> you need to, whatever that is, you need to stop it. We need to stop it and fix it, right? Mm-hmm. You, nobody's going to let me just. Yeah, no go one will off. let you fall. No. That's what's so cool no. about this community in general. Yes. You know, not just our Rochester community, but I would say even the triathlon community yeah. in general. Yeah. And I just actually had another swim analysis. Good. Which is a very humbling experience um, coming from someone who thinks they're a pretty good swimmer. Oh, I've, I've, yep. Right? I get it. I get you it. Get it right, and you're mm-hmm. like, really? I'm like, what do you mean? Is- my left arm doesn't bend <laughs> above the water. I'm do my you elbow? know who I am? I, I, right? It's like, do you talk to Michael Phelps like that? Right? Like, Come on. <laughs> Seriously. But we can all we no matter. There's how, always something to learn, and there's there always is. someone that you can learn it from. I used I went to this when I used to teach yoga. I I took a um a workshop from Sean Korn who's like one of the big yoga instructors in the world. 
And I, I, she was talking about how she went to like, um, I don't know, something like a gym yoga class. And someone mentioned to her like, oh, you must be in those gym yoga classes. Like, ooh. And she was like, no, if I don't get something out of a yoga class, it's not the teacher. It's me. There's not one yoga class in this world that I can't get something out of. Right. And that was a really good lesson to me in terms of coaching. Like if I was going, like when I was, I, I often go to triathlon, um, you know, conventions and things like that. Right, and right. whoever is presenting, I'm like, there is something to learn from this person. Um, but it really, it is so true as long as you're open to it. Yes. You know, there's definitely those people who's like my way or the highway. Yes. But, well, you know. and we know as triathletes, and you know I love you. <laughs> I love you more than my luggage, man. <laughs> but <clears throat> triathlete, triathlon coaches tend to have fairly substantial egos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Not speaking out of school. So when you can be open to that. Yes. And race directors yes. tend to yes. be fairly... The humble don't stumble, Laura. No. <laughs> and it, that's why it's it's so lovely to watch Bert uh. um, because he is running in the circles of the late, great Jerry Boyle yes. and Jason Chance, yes. who I admire, and Laura Chance, who runs or was running Tricycle right. and Fitness. I right. think they had to sell that business, uh. but um, they'll, they'll figure it out. So some, I've been really fortunate to be, uh, to be in this circle with some really amazing people and, and learn from that. And people that I consider just really good friends yeah. all over the, you know, I have good triathlon yeah. friends all over the country, but something here, and, and I, I remember standing in my living room after I bought my townhouse and I literally said out loud, I'm feeling roots start to grow. That's cool. And I've developed some really good friendships quickly, like this instant. So it's, I have childhood friends. Right. Still Yeah, here. you mentioned this. Um, your, I grew oh, up here. Yeah. I'm still friends. I still have friends that, that I grew up with, literally, who are still here. I'm feeling those relationships starting to deepen. Um, and then I have friends like you and Lindsay. Yeah. Who are sort of... 10-year, within 10-year kind of friends, and then I have this whole subset of new friends. And yeah. It, it's just been... And it's nice because it's like people are... I, I really learned a lot when my dad died last year. I mean, that was... It wasn't... It, well, it was that he died, but it was how he died. And I had people... And I know I was pretty open about it, but I had people just come up to me even yesterday who were like, thanks for sharing... You know, I lost my dad, my mom, my brother, whatever, and um, and you're not alone. And I'm thinking, you know, these people don't really know me. They don't know the relationship that I had with my dad, but we can all find that common ground. Right. And it's not like they have to know your deepest, darkest trauma. Right. But I felt like someone was like, you're not alone, and you don't know my story, and I don't know, necessarily need to know your story, yeah, but right. you're not alone. Right. And it right. was really interesting. Right. You and don't, was, when, you, when you truly feel like you're alone... That's where we start to go to the deep, dark place. There's right. something about having someone else who at least can empathize. And empathy is such a huge, it's such a huge thing, right? And, right. and, and it should be very easy for all of us. It's right. not. But, yeah. But, it, it, but it's, it's so impactful, just to say that. So after, through all this cancer stuff, right, there was a lot of emotional upheaval. Yeah. And, and I attributed it 
I, I was put it on the cancer. Yeah. And what I learned, what I've learned very recently, so I took about a 10-year period, and I just sort of did me, right? I was just working on me. Like, I, I didn't want to be in a relationship. I didn't, I just... Yeah, what needed. does that look like when you're, when it's Project Laura? Yeah, so I was trying to break a cycle. And I was spiraling bad choices, bad relationships, just bad, you know. And I, and I was doing the triathlon thing, but something never quite gelled. Right. Never, there was always this, right... And I don't even know how to describe it. I do this. This it's like angst. a feeling. Yeah, yeah angst, angst would be a great angst word, is for sure, a good word for sure. So when I got here and I started to watch my, you know, I could feel relationships deepening and being. More were you a little hesitant, or were you welcoming to that? No, I was all in. Okay, I was all in. I was like, ah, oh, so this. I guess, this is what normal feels like. Wow, <laughs> I totally that's crazy. Got that's what it feels like to have really genuine friends. Yeah. And, and we talk about, and this, this is starting to sound trite and cliche, but being so your authentic true. self and being accepted and appreciated for being your authentic self. So what I came to understand that, that I had known intellectually, but I, that I did not realize the impact is I also suffer from some childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. Goes way back. And when a child... An infant and a child are not nurtured, whether it's direct, whether it's abuse or neglect, however you define that, it literally messes with your brain chemistry, your developmental, you know, ability to your attachments, ability oh, yeah. to attach, all of those things. I used to jump in joking for ten years, not really, not particularly funny. But I could relate to, uh, if you remember when there was a lot in the news about the orphans in Romania, yes. when they got adopted, they suffered from attachment disorder. And that, yeah, I got it. That's how I felt. I had, I had attachment disorder. You know, I've never lived in a place more than, you know, I... I you I'm learn a, every room long enough to make it to the door. Yeah, I'm a perpetual flight risk. Yep. I, you know, I'm constantly changing jobs, changing locations moving whatever I don't know if I was running from something or running towards something yeah. whatever this yeah whatever the rationale was so my cousin who has a similar background um has been doing a lot of work and started to really feed me some information and kind of coach me through it and then I have another friend who I, I won't name for privacy reasons but has a similar yeah so to your point all of a sudden people are coming out of the woodwork going I'm picking up what you're putting down. Like, I hear you. Yeah, validating. And then you start to feel a little less crazy. Yes. Right? Like, you're not overreacting. This is some real stuff. This really did impact me and affect me. And then you can work through it. Then you can yes. really start to heal, right? Yes. And we talk about this with with the way your dad died and everything. Yeah. And how do you heal from that? I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a process. For sure. And, like, I I think I've told you about, I, I actually, people don't realize I have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> I have an older brother, and I went through a terrible period of physical and emotional, I'll get, never sexual, abuse with him. Terrible. Like, head through the wall, blah, oh, blah, blah. Yeah. It was bad, and it directly related to the development of my eating disorder. Yes. 
so like people, I don't know if people realize like how close I am with Rich Clark. We met, he became this brother that I always dreamt of having. And we met, I think, I don't even know when I met him, 1997, 98. And like, I don't have, I really don't have a relationship with my biological brother. But right. when I look at Rich, I'm like, this is what it's supposed to be like. Yes. Like, he was at my dad's funeral yep. right there with me. You know, I was at his mom's and it was just like, but I, I can see what you're saying. Like when, when you suddenly have that missing piece that you didn't know was missing, yep. it is amazing. Yes. It is amazing. And then you have to go back and kind of work through all that stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Because the people that were supposed to take care of us, yes. whose job it was, didn't. didn't and failed us. Yeah. And you get all the way to, you know, I'm, 59 I'm just figuring this out part of me wants to say wow I wish I knew this 20 years ago right. but I'm not sure it would have I don't know yeah. I don't know if it would have been the same right. right I mean right now it's I get it like yeah. my eyes are wide open and right. my heart's wide open and um the brother thing is is funny that you mentioned that because uh, I have a, a dear friend who's been a family friend. She actually grew up with my older siblings, and her husband is that brother figure. Unfortunately, he passed away uh, of prostate cancer four uh, years ago, which literally broke my heart. Of course. Um, I've lost too many people that started to fill those yeah. gaps, which makes those losses... Even deeper. Even harder. Yeah, even deeper and harder, but... I had that. Even for a short period, I had it, and I recognized it, yeah. and, and I can, I appreciate it. So Yeah. Um, one of the, the, I think that I was the only one in my family, like, th three weeks before my dad died. Like, we didn't know, he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to die when right, he died. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually had the conversations that you, like, wish you would have had. Yeah. And three weeks before he died, he was like, I'm sorry that I did not protect you from your brother. My brother had an endocrine disease, uh -huh. diabetes, so it was always blamed on his hypo or hypoglycemia. Right, 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 and right. like when my dad realized how bad my eating disorder was, he, uh -huh. that's when he stepped in. That's when my brother moved out. He stepped in, and that's when my dad and I became really close. And he was so articulate. Like you never, I mean, what is it, 30 years later, he's like, I'm sorry that I did not protect you. Said those words to me. I was like, he's like, I spent my energy trying to make that up to you. And just know that I'm sorry. And it was just, that right there was like. That's it. Now I can go forward. Right. You know what I mean? Yep, like I do. And I felt. I do. And I, it, I felt like seen. Yes. You know what I mean? So. That's yeah, huge. It's That's so huge. really huge. And how got that. lucky was that? Yeah. I mean, by the grace of God. Yes. You know, so. True serendipity. Yeah. Totally. So when you really see that. When people, but when people, yeah, I don't even know whatever I'm going with this. Like, it just helps you to work through that stuff, and people don't realize how that childhood stuff can really impact your adult stuff. It, because we're all taught, grow up. You'll There's grow a lot out of shame of it, and abuse. Get, yeah, yeah a, right, right. So tremendous amount. Yeah, so I'm I'm very grateful for the people, and, and this in. is a very recent revelation yeah yeah right? yeah like I mean, we're supposed like, to be oh, all put together by yeah, now right exactly. right we're adults I'm, I'm a <laughs> you know i'm a hot mess and then i think i get my crap together and then i find out mm, it's kind of like the swim thing i'm like oh, i'm a pretty good swimmer yeah. and then, you know christina caldwell puts me up on the jumbo trial <laughs> like, what is this like, it was horrible yeah yeah but 
to trail. I was just about to say it's it's interesting that so many of us are yep. in this space. It's the land of misfit toys. Yes, and that's what you had written in your notes. Yes. And and I'll it's tell you so why true. I say that if you read Mike Riley's book. I haven't read it. Oh, you need to read it. Okay. If you read Mike's book, he picks out certain athletes that he developed a, a relationship with. But what's interesting is if you if you pay attention, like I'm on a I'm on the base performance team, which is an international team, and and I watch what people are going through and, and I sort of pay attention and I don't want to say everybody and I don't want to cite a statistic, but boy, the a large number of triathletes came to triathlon as part of a recovery from something exactly. physical, emotional, or mental. The number of people who survived cancer, addiction, uh, chronic illness, abuse, it's staggering. It's mind-blowing, right? Right. You don't have that in crit racing. You yeah. don't have that in track and field. You don't have it in volleyball. I, you know, And I get it, right? Everybody has stuff, right? But, but this is next level. And we talk about inclusion in triathlon, and it, and it can be a little, there can be barriers to inclusion yes. in triathlon purely based on the cost. Yes. And there's, there's a pretty good grassroots movement to help yeah. move that needle, right, and to show people it doesn't have to be. It's like nutrition. People think that in order to eat well, you have to spend more money. Exactly. So people in the nutrition space are trying to change that paradigm. Same thing in triathlon. However... <clears throat> from an inclusion perspective, we got people that just will can just put it all out there. Yeah. And it's always a safe space. And when you feel safe and heard, I met a woman recently, and I'm a little uncomfortable saying this, but I won't mention her name, of course. Um, her husband tried to kill her. Wow. With his car. And she lost a leg. And I only say that because I'm in awe of her resilience and fortitude. Yes, she did. She did. She's up. And she's doing triathlon. She is. See, she's she's like I'm getting choked up. I'm getting choked up. (laughs) Um, It's she's amazing, and I and I would love to scream her name from the rooftops. I, I won't, but I am so like. Makes my crap look like meh. I I say everybody has a story that'll yeah. bring you to your knees. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever listened to the Rich Roll podcast. You know of Rich Roll? He's got a great podcast. He's been around for about ten years. He is. He used to be an attorney. He um, has a big history of abuse, alcoholism, or I'm sorry, chemical abuse, like alcoholism. Um, I totally said that wrong, but he and he got into ultras. You know, he did. He won Ultraman. And one of the questions that's often posed to him, you know, he's a really good podcast, is, you know, didn't you just replace one addiction with the other? Absolutely. Yeah, and he said... Damn Skippy. Yeah, he goes, <laughs> my addiction was hurting me. Right. This addiction is helping me right. and helping others. I can definitely drink myself to death or, you know, I can ride my bike. I can run myself into the ground. Exactly. So he's yeah. like, yeah, maybe I am trading one with yeah. another, but which one is worse? Exactly. So I just appreciate how he, he has a lot of people of similar, you know, issues yeah. on. and Similar ilk, right? Yeah, but you really do see that there's a large percentage of us. And I think that 
you're right. It gives us that space, that safe space to express or not even express, but to just express just ourselves be. through movement. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and the other thing about if we think about, especially long course, right? So Ray and I had this conversation just a couple hours ago that once you've been through that depth of emotional pain, physical pain is nothing. Yeah. And to be out running in the dark, in the bowels of wherever, in the cold darkness by yourself, there's a place, I think they took it off the Iron Man Maryland, um, I used to call it the seventh circle of hell, uh, <laughs> the Iron, Mar Iron Man Maryland run course, and it was loops one and two, and you went out, and it was a, they had put a road in, like they were going to put a subdivision in, but they never put up any houses. Oh. And you just, you had to run the loop and then back out. Oh. And to get there, it was just dark. I mean, you started to question your life choices out there, especially on loop two. Loop one, it was still a little light and everybody was kind of fresh. You know, it was maybe mile five-ish, six-ish. You know, it was okay. When you're out there and, you know, like mile, you're pushing 18. Yeah. It was painful. Re and it was ugly and you're you're just questioning like you can't eat you can't drink you yeah. can't you, you know people are just running by and everybody's like grunting at each other and you can't even do that whole like come on you got this nobody cares we're just trying yeah, to stay alive exactly. at that point and but ever we everybody gets across the finish line yeah because it doesn't that doesn't that doesn't register on our pain scale yeah. anymore Right? Definitely. I mean, we can think back and we can I've been go, through worse yeah, than this. Exactly. Oh, 100%. Like last year when I was in Texas, I was, you know, I was injured, so I knew I wasn't going to do the run of the 70.3. And I, we were out there in this wind, and I happened to like wind, but I remember, you know, I'm riding, it's like 28-mile headwind, 28-mile-per-hour headwind, and I'm like, well, does this hurt, hurt worse than grief? Right. No. <laughs> All right. I have to do is turn my right. feet, you know? It was like... Right. It really gives you, I hate to say the word level up or like gives us that extra edge, but it really, when you've been through some stuff, the physical stuff is so easy. It is. You know, it really is. All you have to do is move forward. Right. And one of the things I learned in my last Ironman, I bombed it, like bombed it. Normally I'm a like 11 to 12 hour Ironman and I'm coming in at hour 15 in Lake Placid. And one of the things I learned there. Oh, I there, remember that. Yeah. Oh my God, let me tell you, that was the best finish line I have ever been to. People are like... Oh, you know, the, it's so cool when the winners come across. Let me tell you, triathlon is the only sport, Ironman is the only sport where the, the finish line gets more crowded yeah. the later you finish. Yeah, the 11th hour is Holy, the place to be. Holy, I yeah. come into Party's that in the oval, back, people. you would have thought that I was the champion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like... There was Rennie coming in right then. I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah. I'm getting a chill. I'm like, yeah. I've never experienced the oval like this. Why oh, have I been rushing? You need to what? slow down. <laughs> I'm and telling you it what. Was it's bananas. Yeah, and it I'm is. like and, and here I am at this point I'm over 20 years into my triathlon career mm -hmm. and I'm just realizing this. Yeah. Yet I've been a spectator during those hours, but until you're an athlete at that hour. Yeah, when you hit the carpet at hour 16, it's banana oh pants out there. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, people are just going back crap crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Ironman, I hear that you've yeah, got you some unfinished rumor, business. Huh? I what's, do. What's this about? I do. So I trained with Mike Baxter for a, 
uh, almost a year to Did do... you know that I once called him Dennis Moriarty coming out of the water? <laughs> like, I've known both of them for 30 years. They are different heights, different skin tones, hair. Like, I just... So yesterday, I was like, I'm going to call you the right name. Every once in a while, just to be a smart ass. I'm like, hey, Dennis! There's another guy. His name is Greg, and his last name escapes me, but somehow I got... It, he's in Dido's niece once with us, and I started calling him Steve. I love it. I know. I'm like, Steve! That's he the laughed. beauty of it. But yeah, so you're training with Mike know. at the so time. So I'm training with Mike and I go out to, so Ironman, California, because I have a dear friend who lives in Sacto and he has a house in Truckee I'm near Lake Tahoe, right? So I have this grand plan. I'm going to go a week early. I'm going to get settled, get everything together, do packet pickup, blah, 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 do the race. He's going to be my Sherpa. We're going to go to Tahoe. I'm going to visit my plant up in Reno. I'm going to recuperate in Lake Tahoe. Oh, like a, I thought you home. meant a plant, like a, a flower. No, 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 a, fla- a factory. So, so I had this whole grand yeah, thing yeah. working, right? So I get out there, and I'm bleeding money because when I first looked, everybody said, go southwest. Well, nobody's saying that anymore, are they? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I booked a flight because of my bike, right? And then they start canceling flights. Was they, this in? That was the time they canceled. It was 2021, October. Oh, well, so yeah. I would have booked that summer. Right. They canceled 200 flights. Now, at the time, I had an elderly dog. So the other, the front end of the plan was I'm going to drive from Rochester to Pittsburgh to leave him with the one person I trusted who got it. Was his name Tucker? His name was Tucker. And fly from Pittsburgh to Sacramento. I had it all orchestrated. It was the project management. Tori would be proud. <laughs> so when Southwest started canceling flights, I was like, well, I don't want to show up at the airport at 4 o'clock in the morning with my b- bike and have my flight canceled because I would probably lose my beans, right? Going to an Ironman. Right. So they let me cancel that flight. So I ended up booking, I don't know, American or somebody, and I said, screw it, and I booked first class. I'm like, go big or go home. <laughs> right. If I'm going down, I'm taking everybody with me. <laughs> you know I what? <laughs> so I get out there, everything's fine. But the weather's a little sketch. So I'm swimming in the river, which is about 58 degrees, a little nipply. I'm thinking California. I'm thinking ocean here. Yeah. River. No, the Sacramento, the race oh, is in the American River, comes right. into the Sacramento River. So it's downriver. Like chatty. Downriver Sun is supposed to be super, super fast. <clears throat> so the first part of the conversation starts with there's a huge homeless encampment along the river. Oh. So it's basically a giant yeah. toilet. Oh. So you got all the Facebook rhetoric going on about them, like what apps, right? We've swum in some funky yeah. stuff. Yeah. I can't be bothered. <laughs> like whatever. It just it'll float by. It's fine. So they moved the homeless people out. I don't know how that all went down, blah, 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 whatever. So anyway, I'm in there, and I'm swimming. I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, it's, it's kind of chilly, but it was doable. It was doable. Mm-hmm. I was in there. I didn't have booties. I uh, just had one cap, my wetsuit. I, I was fine. You get the yips for about a minute, and then yeah. and then I was okay. I was like, okay, it's pretty good. So I swam a few times. I biked a little. I jogged a little. It was good, and then the weather started to deteriorate and deteriorate and deteriorate and the night before the race so the the weather event 
was called a bomb cyclone That's on right. an atmospheric river. Only you. Four, <laughs> four words I hoped never to hear again, but apparently now Didn't it's know a that thing. Was a thing. Well, it's now a thing because they're having it again. So the night before the race, they're predicting 50 mile an hour gusts. Now, the bike course, so first of all, Bert, <laughs> how do you keep a kayak steady when there's, right? Yeah. And then the bike course kind of runs along like the levee of the river, and all I could imagine was this gust. Getting blown into the river. Just getting blown into the river, right? And it was, the run course went due south and then due north. Pretty much. There was one okay. little leg that was, I don't know, maybe five miles. And the wind was, I don't remember the direction. I think the wind was coming out of the south. So they shortened the bike course to one loop. Right, The right. night before. Well, here's a little math lesson that I never understood. If you take the wind speed and you take half that number... That is the impact on your bike speed. So if the wind is 40 miles an hour, mm -hmm. then you take to 20 miles an hour. Right. And that'll impact your bike speed. So if I'm biking 20 miles an hour... You're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. Now, oh. I'm sure there's some tolerance right, in that right. formula, but that That's interesting. is kind of the gist, right? So they were like, nobody's going to make the bike cut off. I mean, even the pros were going to be doing wow. six miles an hour, right? I mean, a 50-mile-an-hour gust is... That's no joke. That's no joke. I mean, we, yeah. you know, 25, and I'm struggling. Yeah. So at this point, I'm like, okay. Now you get into the whole discussion, is it really a, is it really an iron? Yeah. <laughs> then you start having that argument, and of course, face, I... So we get there in the morning. It's pitch black. It's raining sideways. The wind is howling. We're in the baseball stadium in Sacramento, and the race director, bless his heart, and I, his name escapes me, and, and talk about feeling bad for somebody. This is the inaugural right. event. Yeah. And people were putting their wetsuits. Oh, it's cold. Did I mention it was cold? <laughs> why wouldn't it be why, cold? Why wouldn't it be cold, right? <laughs> so you got so cold, wind, rain. People are in changing tents in putting their wetsuits on in T1. And the, we were going to go to the bus, get on the bus, and go to the swim start upriver. So a woman, one of my teammates, a friend of mine, um, had put air in her tires. We're kind of dinking around in transition. And when we got there, bikes were oh, everywhere. Oh, I bet. I mean, was just blown everywhere. There was bags, and it was, I'm just like, oh, Lord. And then I knew it was coming, and he says, guys, we can't because... Yeah, how could how can well, you? Well, because literally the emergency personnel were like, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. This, no. <laughs> we're not putting yeah. people in the river. Right. Right? We're going to be losing bodies. You know, we're going to be losing people. So we all kind of stood there and looked so they at canceled each other. It. I believe there were 3,500 athletes in that race. We're in a baseball stadium. It took like an hour and a half to get out. Oh, I bet. Oh, my God. Now, I have friends. I had friends. I was with teammates, but I didn't have my phone. So my buddy, who had gone home to go back to bed, I had no way to get a hold of him. Right. Well, nobody knows anybody's phone number anymore. Right. So I get in the car, 
and one of the women was, and it just took forever to get out of there. People were just, you can it's just It's like you should have gotten the finisher's medal for that. Anyway, well, I got the backpack, you know. But, you know, it wow. felt like getting left at the altar. Yeah. It was that, that, yeah. that super, super build up, all of that work, all of that money, and then. Even understanding that it was the right call to make. Oh, it's no like, doubt. No doubt. But still, you're allowed to have that disappointment mm -hmm. and pain. So mm -hmm. that's your unfinished business. So we get home, and and at that point, I ended up, we, we ended up going out day drinking. What, what, what are you going to do? How can you not? What are you going to do? So I, I just wanted to go home. Yeah. I was like, Dave, I'm really sorry. I, I just need to go home. Yeah. I don't even know what to do or think or process, right? And now, remember, in 2015, Ironman Maryland was originally canceled because of Hurricane What's-His-Face. <laughs> so Were you in weather. that? Uh-huh. Stop it. <laughs> so I'm Laura, saying, I'm not going to sign up for an Ironman that you're no, signing no, up for. No, wait a minute. I think I broke You're not doing Chattanooga, right? I was sitting in my living room, and my girlfriend called me from the plane. She was coming from Colorado. She's like, Laura, they canceled the race. Is that the year they moved it a week or something like that? Two weeks. Two weeks, right. And I said, Susan, that's not funny. And she goes, I'm not joking. I'm like, so again, I sat there. It was like somebody... It left you at the altar. That's such a good analogy. I was like, well, now what do I do? And then poor Jerry Boyle. So, you know, on high with that man. And he figured it out. Into it. But, so now you've postponed an Iron Man two weeks. Yeah. It's not a 5K, people. Right. There's a lot that goes into and that. And we're all sitting around. Even my coach, who, who's a seasoned athlete and a good runner, he's like... I don't know what the hell I had to call an to athlete do. who was on the way, and then she's like, what do we do now? I'm like, well, I don't have a clue. <laughs> exactly. um, so right. it's like, we had to like figure out like yeah. the, the extending the taper and the hotel right. rooms and all that stuff. Right, it was a nightmare. <laughs> well, it, he, it, it's Jerry Boyle, so yeah. it, it worked out, right? And, and I actually had a decent... Now, that hurricane was still like hanging around the yeah. area or some other And they shortened the swim, but only by 600 yards, so I'm mm -hmm. taking the W. Yeah. I had a pretty good race. Yeah. All things considered. But again, windy, cold, rain. So yeah, so I You're I heading tell back. I tell people, I'm like, for the love of God, please follow me. Because if you don't want that, I'm not responsible, you've been warned. So yesterday, right? I I have a hard rule about no races in March. But of course, I see it was snowing on Friday. Peer pressure. Didn't know that was your fault, <laughs> but now I do. So I get sucked in. Oh, come it's on! It's Johnny's. Yeah, it's Johnny's. It's like, oh my god! I'm like, look, you have been warned. Telling everybody, and look what happened. Yeah, it was lovely. It's good. I have to so get the I'm, rest of your race. <clears throat> I'm I, well. Knock on wood, we may have, maybe part of that. Purging toxicity yes. has purged that negative energy, yes. not to get all existential <laughs> on you, but maybe it's gone. My friend Ken is the same way. If every race I've ever done with him is like torrential downpours, so we don't race together yeah, anymore. Yeah, I'm staying home. <laughs> and again, I, I, I broke my rule about March races. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It's the year just, to smash it, right? Yeah. Jeez, yeah, that's so, great. So, so when, when they canceled, they... In Ironman's defense, <clears throat> they did a really good job about a quick, okay, yeah. you guys can do this, 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 That's this. Great. They, you could have done Florida. You could have done Arizona. I called up Mike Baxter. I'm like, 
he's like, yeah, no, you're not doing Florida. I'm like, fine. I wasn't even going to argue yeah, with him. I'm yeah. like, yeah, no. Because I couldn't, not only mentally, but yeah. logistically. And financially. And financially, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was like, here, just open a vein. Yeah. The, let the money just... come out. <laughs> so I said, all right, well, my safe zone is Maryland. Yeah. I'll do Maryland. And we got into the season, and in March, I called up Mike. I said, I'm, I have no mojo. And he, just, he goes, it's fine. And that's important to recognize. If you have no mojo to do 140.6, yeah. then you got to not do My it. My heart wasn't in yeah. it. If you are he, not in it, you are not in he it. He was, and everybody on the team too, everybody completely got it. Yeah. We, we get it. And, and Mike was like, I, I completely get it. He goes, I'm not even surprised. Yeah. That because it was such a blow. Yeah. And yes, you have to recognize. So last year, race-wise, I had a lot of fun training. Yeah. But my race performance... And, you know, and I'm, you know, bottom, middle of the pack, right? So it's not all great glory anyway. Last year just was horrible. Just so horrible. we need. So we're on a new, a new so, year. So we're on a new year. Just I've off surgery. Picked Maryland, the surgery. Yes, thank you. Yes. For that little kick in the pants. It's funny because I, the, you, when you had your surgery, I was running one day and I'm like, God, Laura's story, like it's. When you start podcasting things, like people are like, oh, are you going to get the fastest athletes on? And I'm like, that's not where the stories are. Right. It's like at, beyond the podium. So like you're the reason I really started this because I'm like, Laura's story needs to be told. Oh, thank because you. this is someone who literally, I mean, you face life and death yeah. through cancer, through things that you have been through. And mm -hmm. here you are, you keep clawing your way back and you keep moving forward. And that's what I find so amazing. And here you are off this really funky year you you have you have some of the cancer surgery redone I guess yeah, we yeah. could say that was the we we call it the Humpty Dumpty surgery. the Humpty Dumpty yeah, surgery we put, yeah we put Humpty Dumpty back together yeah and yeah last yeah. year I had shared that I had breast um surgery and we had a long talk and yeah and yeah I was convinced I had a lot of collateral damage from my original surgery uh which affected me functionally right you know a lot of scar tissue and I had myself convinced that any doctor would tell me it was cosmetic and live with it and blah, 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 blah. And because in 1999, that would exactly, have been what they told you. That's exactly what they would have told me. And you encouraged me to make a phone call, which I did. And I called your surgeon. Oh, yeah. Who said, Lord, you need to call U of R because this is all covered. And I said to her, oh, come on. Yeah. I think literally, like, come on. She goes, no, I'm serious. And I did, and I found this wonderful plastic surgeon who... It's amazing when they take your concerns and they're not like... They don't treat you, you just want to be a pinup doll or something. Exactly, no. That was stunning to me when, when I was... My, my surgeon was like, of course, why wouldn't we do this? It's functional. Oh, my God, Especially yeah. as an endurance athlete. Right. Because these she things are a real... Right. She, she was like... I can't believe you waited so long. Yeah. You did what to yourself? Because oh, we're God, convinced no. it's vanity. Yeah. We're convinced it's because we want to look like... No, yeah. we're trying to accomplish goals and things and live, in the way. live lives of movement that help us maintain our health in the yes. long term. And particularly our mental health. Yes. Cause we, and it's amazing now how, as opposed to 1999, those two things are realized yes that they happen together and they are yeah very like very with my injury last year there are yeah, so many like a couple doctors i mean i'm a nurse so like i know 
they're like, if this is grief or inflammation secondary to grief, I'm like, where's your Ouija board, doctor? Right, right. You would have never said that to me 15 years right. ago. You would have been like, buck up. Isn't that amazing? Yep. Well, it's like women with <gasps> menopause. Yeah. And I, I never forget, I went to a, a physician because she had run a marathon. Yeah. And I was struggling. So, so this is an interesting little uh, PSA, I guess, right? So I struggled... Trained for my full in 2018, I struggled with adrenal fatigue. Right. And had, of, of course, enlist the help of a functional medicine doctor because, because nobody entered regular as a clue. Yes. Right. They treat uh, the sick, know. not the unwell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we worked through it, and it was okay. Well, here's the other epiphany that I've had recently. So if you, if you live your childhood, if you grow up, and, and even through adulthood, with your fight or flight reflex your switch stuck open well oh, no yeah. freaking wonder my adrenals are fatigued because they've been sense. running wide open for 55 years that makes sense right wow that no makes sense no freaking kidding right so if anybody's diagnosed with adrenal fatigue you know there may be more to the story it's not might not just be overtraining there it's not Sally. just <laughs> overtraining right and if you think back to holy the, right i'm telling you i was like a frying pan to the face i was like wait a second that makes of total sense of course i had adrenal fatigue i probably oh, yeah. had the adrenals of somebody who's 150 years old <laughs> poor things <laughs> wow that's amazing that's a really good point and we talk about adrenal fatigue in the context of overtraining right. and, and stress, like work stress. But let's go back. Yeah. Let's really yeah. get, let's really do a root cause analysis. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Wow. You just. Yeah. Mind blown, right? You blew my mind a yeah. bit here, Laura. Yeah. yeah. So. so now you're talking about. Um, Feeling a pull towards leadership in this yes. in this community. I don't want to say sport because it's right. we're more than swim, bike, run. Most of we us. Are. We are. So what is what does that look like for you? Do you think? I think so you'd be awesome in a leadership that's a, role. That's a really good question, and I and I credit Mike Smith for for. He's a, good at identifying yeah, that talent. Yeah, and and Bert too, because yeah. they both kind of went. They they both sort of tapped me, right? And that and that's when I realized I'm like, my God, I'm a veteran. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not on on the same podium with the Eggers of the world, no. of course. But, but we're all on the same podium. Yeah. But we I really realized, are. I really, truly, you know, I did my first full at, in 2013. I probably did my first half in 20, 2009 in Wisconsin. So, um, yeah, I've done it. I've been at this I'm a coaching a girl now who I think that I've been doing triathlons longer than she's been alive. Oh, my gosh. Sarah. Sarah Madden. Madden, yeah. Oh, absolutely, you have. That's like I a can very answer that stark. Question. Yeah, yeah. I don't think right? I've asked her yeah. that, but I've like. No, you don't need to. I I'm can like, answer that oh question. Oh my god! For you. Yeah. It's a weird it's thing because we've been doing this so long that it's so ingrained in part of our lives. And like, oh, don't you remember when Ironman like Placid started in 1999? And they're like, oh, my birthday was in 2002. <laughs> and I'm like, god. oh my god, how did how did my son get to be 22? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. so you know, and I'll tell you, it took me a long time to identify myself as a triathlete. Really? It took me a long time to feel... I Why? Because you were not a quote speed? I oh. Because I didn't feel like I had earned it. And I think it, it wasn't even after I did my first fold. And really? I felt completely confident of vowing that, you know, people are like, oh, what do you do? Do you run? Do you swim? I'm like, no, I'm a triathlete. I don't get it. 
know, like, and then you have to explain it because nobody has a clue what the hell that means. It's all in one day. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So now I'm like, and now I'm a triathlete. And now you're moving. I still in get the looks, that, but oh, I yeah. don't care anymore. Yeah, I, I like started not telling people. Like where I work now, I'm like, only a couple of people know. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, so watching Mike and Bert, um, and watching the rats and and the people that have stepped up. Understanding Mike's succession plan, um, trying to help him let go a little bit. Yeah. It, I've just felt that. I've also done, I've started um, coach, uh, teaching adult swim lessons. I love it. Which is a tremendously rewarding experience. In fact, I just got a new job last night. <gasps> I think. I Maybe I shouldn't publicly announce that, but... Um, teaching swim lessons yeah uh-huh. at another venue oh, which I'll keep wonderful. that quiet but I was having a conversation with the uh, aquatics there's nothing aquatics director better. And her eyes lit up and she's like oh my god would you please come work for me and yeah like, I mean as a coach like I've been through so many finish lines I don't get that emotional I get happy but man when I see my athletes finish or that's one of the things I love about announcing like yesterday you know they're doing the awards and I'm still announcing finishers and I'm just watching these people like who you know, just ran five miles who right. you know never thought that they could. Exactly. That's the people. Yes. It's like, you know, finishing yes. at 15 hours. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yep. So yep. that's um, amazing. Teaching a, someone how woman, to swim. Um, one of the Rats Dido's athletes ran her first five-miler <sighs> in the winter. It was one of the freezer roo races. Oh, jeez. And she crossed the finish line. I happened to be there. And she broke down sobbing. And I'm holding her going... Like, what the heck is going on here? I'm That's, like, are you okay? And yeah. she's like, oh, my first five miles. And then I start, yes, right? Yes, because you realize. Oh, my gosh, it's momentous. So when so, you're teaching someone, and you'll, if you haven't come across, you will, who's afraid of open water or right. afraid of water. Right. And to see them work through that and yeah. overcome that is like, it's better than anything yeah. you could achieve. And, it, and it's, you know that as an adult, if when an adult makes a decision to learn how to swim, they're not going to want to learn from an 18-year-old. You, you can't relate, right? No. They need somebody. Just put your face in. <laughs> and there's no script. Right? Yeah. Like with, when you teach kids, there's a script. Yep. When I teach adults, i got to see what I'm working with. And you got to know see... why they're afraid. Exactly. And it's I have that to working understand... through trauma. Right. I have to understand where they're coming from, their strengths, their weaknesses, blah, 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 blah. So that's been, and, and I think that's been part of that Uh development my development into as leadership a person into in this yeah sport. so i'm feeling compelled not obligated in any right. way shape or form but compelled to pay forward and to give back to this sport that literally it saved my so life yes and you're the muscle man volunteer coordinator I are am. you not yes we we signed up yep. and run aid station one wonderful i mean that's that's yep. another way to be involved and to do that whole I, I totally understand what you meant like in many I think for a lot of us triathlon has saved our lives in some way um and again it's I mean it's the swim bike run but it's the people that come with it and to be able to give back is like the least we could do it's so a very I, and yeah. I think you're such a good yeah. steward for our Thank sport you. and I'm like whatever you do like I'll be behind you being like and I'm I'm glad that it it's amazing how clubs kind of have evolved. Like clubs used to put on races. And while our club does put on a race, it's it's really race management 
now, you know, who right. does that. Right. So the role of the club is changing. You know, coaches used to be in, more involved in clubs, but I love that clubs are kind of on their own thing. Wave they way. don't have to worry about yes. the race. Yes, yeah. and you guys yeah. can go out and, and develop the community and the sport. Right. So what do you think, what, like, looking forward, you know, you work closely with Wolfpack and Rats. What do you think the future of our sport in Rochester is? Oh, I, I think it's it's quite bright and promising. And, you know, um, I know we have to be mindful of getting too big. Yeah, what, is, <clears throat> what do you... I, I we, we talked about that a little bit last yeah. week. What would being too big look like? Well, it you have to have the infrastructure to keep people safe. Right, so yeah. So safety... In workouts, yeah. ...is... Job one, right? And we tease Bert about the canceled swim. But <laughs> safety for a race director and safety for club leadership is job one. Right. And when you've got a bunch of people out in the road, you're at, it's risky. Right. And, and I'm a proponent, and I've had some discussions, and, and I realize there's, there'll be pushback and blowback, and, but... Individuals need to take responsibility to learn yes. the rule. We, we all, individual athletes, need to be good stewards, stewards of, the sport. of our sport. Exactly. And there's education that goes through that. So the club, the Rats Club, is doing a lot of, we're, we're going to do more and more education. That's good. And <clears throat> I would implore the seasoned veterans of the sport to not think they know everything, mm -hmm. to remember they need refreshers, and to be a good example for the next generation, right? Because right? those guys are learning from us. Yep. And if we say, oh, Just I like don't we need... we learned from others. Exactly. Yeah. And to say, well, I don't need a bike handling class, or I don't need this, or, you know, I don't need to wear a buoy in the water, blah, blah, blah. You're not setting a good yeah. example, so many people will be like, "Mayor, why are you know you're a D you're a D two swimmer? What are you wearing right. a buoy for?" I'm like, "Cause I can get I'm hit by a boat." <laughs> yeah. And if I'll if I can show that I'll wear one, then we exactly. all should be wearing them. Right, exactly. That that's how I feel about it yeah. too. I mean, I like that direction and that theme of education. Would you think like in the future, if the club starts to grow, there's limited spots to workouts, <laughs> things like that? Or I think we're gonna have to talk about it. Yeah. Because there's, there's, you got 70 people coming to group workouts. Legit liability, and yeah. then there's perceived liability, right? right? So you don't want, you, you know, certainly we as a club don't, God forbid, we don't want anything to happen. Right. right? But you're riding up and down Lake Avenue. Is that what it is? That's not I think right. so. I don't know where the road is. That right? one road on that street, that, yeah, you know, <laughs> by that lake, <laughs> the road by that the cars lake. go on. Sure, <laughs> that one. Um, and and there's the downhill, and you're crossing, and you know. So I I know that keeps the guys up at night. Yeah, I, I know it does, and I don't have the answer. Um, we just have to make people be really super yeah. mindful because a new person out on a bike who doesn't have good ha bike handling skills, and we're actually having a clinic. Yes. Yes. And, I'm and so I think, excited. About I almost that. think we need to do that every year. Yeah. You know, and Todd Chesky is the guy. That's, yeah. I, I connected yes. them because Mike was talking yep. about it. And I'm like, oh, there's one guy in this area yep. who's so good at this. <laughs> so yeah. we need to do that. Yeah. I mean, even, even running. Yeah. Who, so true. Who have we lost. We've lost. Yeah. We've if lost we... runners. We've lost good runners. Yeah. And, and horrible, right? Yeah. Um, and 
in races, you know, bottle handoffs and, and you know, Mike, Mike yeah, Coyle. Yeah. A season season veteran. Yeah, that it's it's heads up ball out there, folks. I mean, yeah. we have to be you have to have your head on a swivel. You really do. Unless you're in a closed course. Right. And even um, if you are, there's other cyclists. True. So it's like Exactly. I like that the theme is safety. I'm I'm just, you know, as someone who's put on, you know, clinics, like when we were we were up in Lake Placid, I mean until everyone's off that bike course. Yeah, I you're was a nervous like, wreck. Just yeah, terrified. Your, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally get it. Yeah. So you, you don't want to limit the growth, but you right. have to be smart about yeah. it. And and the leadership is only going to be so big. Exactly. Right? Because then it becomes a corporation, right? right? It, like it, some of these clubs out in California really huge. are. Yeah. And I mean, while they're a good model to kind of look at for how to do things, we do want to, you know... I mean, how cool... I mean, five years ago, we were told our sport was dying, and right. now we're thinking about, we don't, yeah. you know, <laughs> we're going to be overgrown. What a good problem to have, it, it right? It is a good problem yeah. to have, and I, and I think there's a lot of thought going into how do we right. manage it. Good. Um, a lot of people, but we need, we need people to step up. Yeah. So we can do that. Otherwise, yeah. the answer is we have to limit workouts, right. which which really isn't the end of the world, right? right? So there's nothing stopping you from swimming in Lake Ontario, right? <clears throat> right. There's nothing. <clears throat> excuse me. There's nothing stopping you from running on the lakefront. It's the we are someone's in the water, someone's on the bike course. Yeah. This is our window, right? Right. So it, it's and and you can always. Get five of your friends and go ride. I mean, Mike Baxter does it all the time. Yeah. Tori does it all the yeah. time. Lots of people put on Facebook, hey, we're riding top of the world Saturday at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Be there, be square, right. meet at such and such place, and a bunch of us go, right? So it, it's just that prescribed workout within this window under the, under the umbrella of of the club and the liability the and that, all that. That we need, yeah, we need to be careful. So it, in no way should anybody feel like, you know, well, right. if, if I didn't sign up for the workout, they right. don't care about me or whatever. That's not the case. We care about your safety more about We care about, about your safety, yeah. I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> and I yeah. love that you're that you're getting involved that way. I think it's such a good... Yeah, I, I got... I, I tend to... Um, be a victim of peer pressure. I tend to. But you're also a good project <laughs> manager. You're a yeah. good steward of the sport. Thank you. And I mean, when people, you know, hear and understand your story, they it, it's like it. it you really understand why. Yeah. You have I, a purpose. Everything's a little harder for me. Yeah. And people look at me and they don't see any no. of that. No. No. So it's, it and to be honest, I got t- I get tired of telling the story. Yeah. So I haven't told the story in a long time. This so this is, is good. Time. Now you can send them a link. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Here's the story. But everything for me, it's it's hard for everybody to cross the finish line. Yeah. It's really hard for me to get to the finish line. Right. It takes so much more physical effort. But again, people look at me and are like, there's something wrong with you. I'm like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, and I if think that if, knew, when people right? know that, like I say, we we celebrate finish lines all the time, but we really need to start to celebrate the starting you line. You know what I was thinking about? I don't know what I was reading, but I had the conscious thought a couple of weeks ago, I wonder if there are more tears shed at a start line than the finish line. Because I know for me, oh yeah, I've never cried at a finish line. Same. But I've cried it. But I'm a hot mess. Let me tell you, 
Texas 70.3 last year. I went knowing I wasn't going to be able to run. I'm standing on the pier. They play the national anthem. Yeah. And this girl's like, good luck. And I go, thanks. I'm not able to run today. And I go, but my dad died three months ago. And I'm like, I'm going to tear up. I know. But I was like, and I'm just like, I go, I don't even know why I'm here. And these women that I didn't even know, just, I I got a group hug. Yes. And they're like, we yes. are so glad yes. you're here. Yes. And I was like. I got goosebumps. Yeah, I was like. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what, so I, I agree. Like, I, I mean, I've hit many finish lines. I don't have that, like, you know, I just am happy to finish, but yeah. like, because, you know, this, you're so right though. I bet there are more Every tiers. start line has a different, you know, Story. It, it takes, and there was a woman, I remember standing in the lake before Iron Man bought Muscle Man, standing in the lake with a woman who was terrified. Oh. And the same thing, I just, I just held her. Yeah. Total stranger. I have, don't know her. Never saw her before, never yeah. saw her again. I just gave her a hug, and she looked at me. She goes, oh, my God, I feel so much better. It's amazing how in, in almost every race, especially the longer ones, you will meet someone that you will never see again, but you will never forget. You will never forget. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big draws for me, like, in this yeah. whole sport, is just those random special people out there. Yeah. So. And I've had a lot of yeah. those experiences and those touch points. Yeah. And, um, but... but Really, the thing that's really gelled with me is is that we are the land of misfit toys, and so we true. all belong right here. I love it. We're all where we belong, and we're all doing a great job. And the future of this club is bright. I mean, I like I said, we've got some rising stars. We have some new young leaders. We have some newer athletes, but mature. And I'll name yeah. Laron Rowe. Yeah. Who. Boy. Oh my God! Have you ever listened chills. to him? I've heard <clears throat> snippets, but that guy is wow. like. So I'd love to. I'm gonna ask him, him to come on this. Yeah, you should. Show you should because holy cats, he is something. He puts up snippets on Facebook, and I'm like, there's a story behind this man there that is, is like and, gonna. And he's so. Just he genuine. Like, yeah, his heart is pure, and yeah, he's another one I would ride through a river of excrement <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah yeah so so he's i i mentioned him because he's mature yeah you know he's grown you know he's he's not a kid and then we've got some young ones like we i'll say kara rosenthal Kara's, sarah madden or they're just madden, like uh -huh. good humans yeah. and they and they Tori Andrew Yeah. And, Tori, did I just butcher your name again? Sorry, babe. Do you know um, that I, her brother-in-law is married to one of my childhood friends? Yes. Rachel. I just learned that. She's like, how do you know Rachel? I'm like, right. Rachel <laughs> is like my yes. sister. <laughs> so you want to talk from a project management perspective? Is that her oh deal? Oh my God, Tori puts me to shame. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. She's, uh, she's a rock star. It's awesome. Really like is. the future's and so bright for around here. And I, so it's, I, and it just... I just want to keep highlighting that to everyone who said that multi-sport is dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right yeah. So. Yeah. What would Joanne you... could die. I'd be yeah. happy with that. Sorry. Roach. Somebody said today, do you know Jim Roach? I'm like, oh yeah. That man can swing, by the way. Duathlon guy. What would you say to someone, if you could, if you wish people knew one thing about you, what would you oh want gosh. that to be? Probably just what we just talked about that <clears throat> um, it's there's a lot more going on, right? It's not easy for me to do what I do in this sport. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. I'm slower. 
Um, you know, I'm a little older. I've never been... I've always been bottom of the middle of the pack. Now, I've climbed up a little bit. Yeah, I've seen you on some podiums. Yeah, I've climbed up a little bit. I've podiumed a couple times in small races. Um, you know, I've gotten to... And, and I think as, as I get older, now my friends who are in their early 70s are kind of in that sweet spot because the age groups got smaller. Yeah, my husband's always like, people, as you get older, people drop off. They do, <laughs> but I'm telling you, the, the 60 to 64 yeah. age group. Look at him. That, that, holy crap. There's still women out there running seven-minute mile. Yeah. They couldn't run a seven-minute mile when I was 20. Yeah. What the? I mean, they're doing. When Kurt you know, broke ten hours in Ironman, it was like he, like I had done a ten fifty eight, and he's I mean, like, that's crazy. And he's like, I'm gonna try to go a little faster, and then he does a nine fifty four. I go, what am I supposed to do with that? You're like fifty five <laughs> years old at the time. What oh am I gonna do God. with that? So you know, I I had this dream of maybe qualifying for Boston one day, and and, and my BQ plan was to outlive everybody. Well, that unraveled almost immediately. I don't stand a chance. Like. <laughs> These hundred year olds running marathons, I'm like, Seriously, Jesus. I, Sister Madonna Boomer, yeah. I mean, she, well, I stopped doing the fulls because, you know, it was a little much. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Gee. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I did seven halves last year. Yeah. She's what? I, I'm tired of the slacking, Sister yeah, Madonna. I like, know. let's pick it up here. It's insane. So. Yeah, so I've sort of abandoned all hopes of Boston. Um, but I and, and like I said, I have one more I have one more full in me. <clears throat> but this is why I like to experiment with coaching plans. Yeah, yeah. Because depending on how that coaching goes. Yeah. And how the end result is. Right. If if I'm playing the other thing that was so soul crushing about California was that was a real PR opportunity for me. Yeah. It was a downriver swim. I yeah. would have blown the doors off the swim. Yeah. You know, I would have been out of the water in an hour. Yeah. Um <clears throat> it was a flat, fast bike. Yeah. Which is kind of my sweet spot. Right. Um in fact I I, I love riding with Scott Pudney. You know, he's a climber. Yeah, I've heard. But and and I I climb like I'm riding a tricycle, but we got on the flat <clears throat> by on Edgemere Drive. Oh yeah. And he was with Bonnie, and he said to her, "He goes, there she goes." Yeah. And I just put my head down and and I go. I can yeah. just put my head down and go, and I love that. Yeah. You know, when I'm totally. not fighting the wind. Exactly. And Barrel Man was tough, so I've unfinished business at Barrel Man. Yeah. Um, did the aqua bike. Yeah, I was I was there. Yeah, Again, I loved it. Not well, right? The bike tore me up. Yeah. But I'm ready. Um, I'm doing the Good. The whole, it's I, my A race. I feel like I mean, I've retired from Iron Man how many times? Like 15 yeah, I know, times. Please. And I find Talk about it. It's an addiction, man. Yeah. And I always say like that. I always tell people like don't make any big decisions three uh, you know, 3 days right. after. I I I, I, I retire from announcing every time I announce. Uh -huh. So I I'm like we just have to realize that the door is well, you open. You got to stop getting in fights with people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the finish line. I have to have I have to have people <clears throat> stop taking the results out of my hands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, or you need a and leaving with detail them. Yeah, something. yeah. I need. You know who I need? Oh One of my, my teammates from Holland Goats. I need Jim. He's like a. He's a cop. So I'm like. There you go. Right. <laughs> Kurt. Notice yeah. how Kurt's like. It needs to be Jim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, I, th- I just think what's cool about our sport is you can retire and come back and retire yeah. and come back. And, We're not Tom and, Brady. And you can, right. Cares. Exactly. <laughs> well, no. but you can always be involved in some way, volunteer right. or, you know, or leadership. Or, you can do duathlons. Right. I don't know who would do that. But, <laughs> but I love it. I love that that's for you. I love that that's how you're heading. And um, yeah, I think your story is just awesome and inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Anything fun. else we left? behind i'm glancing at our i think we hit everything everything. like seriously you're the reason i started this because i i want to tell i want you you, stories of like you i mean it's not it's not easy to be on the podium for anybody but you know i'm not going to ever interview lionel sanders because you know that's his life right i want to talk it's his job it's his job yeah he pays people to train him and he trains pays in nutrition you know, nutrition too. There's a whole other thing we oh, can talk. Yeah. We got to figure all that stuff out. Yeah, ourselves. yeah. We don't have, you know, we yeah. don't have people, and you know, I mean, there's... you got Rennie and To, and yeah, they're doing it together, and yeah, whole, that's their job. Yeah, that's how they make a living. Exactly, and I, I, there's just but so many people. But if you ever people... get Jan Ferdano in here, oh, I would please, not. You need to call me. Cause... Let me be clear that if those people came to me, I wouldn't be like, "Sorry, Lionel, um, <laughs> I know. I'm not going to interview you, yeah. especially about your history of addiction." So that, <laughs> let's just be clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. Um, but, um, I need to be in the room for Right, that right. <laughs> My old friend Lance, you know. Yes, Lance. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you yeah. so much for coming thank to share you. your story. And great. I would love to have you back. I'm sure, like, as things evolve through the summer, we'll have opportunity and things evolve with, well, with whatever this podcast goes. Well, let's see how goes. this season goes. Yeah. Um, because come September, yeah. and, and then I start the... I start the Ironman journey almost, yeah. and and that's a big deal. And it is. Uh, Simon wants to do that. I love other it. Other athletes, I think. Um, I don't want to commit anybody, but um, there's some other athletes that are noodling Ironman Maryland. So it may be there may be a rats contingency. Oh. Is this so for twenty twenty four? Four. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm safe from that. <laughs> no are. one's you're, safe. Well. <laughs> so yeah, you just have to be open to it. So. All right. Thank you so much, Laura. We'll talk again soon. Thank you guys so much for listening and have a great rest of your day.